0: So I think on Thursday, we were praying against bad weather. Um, what we did not do, and uh, we started thinking we have to review our policy of prayer, we didn't declare. Um, and so we'll, we'll think about that next time. But anyway, thanks for coming. And I'm sure some, some of you woke up, looked outside, and you thought, oh, is, this, is this a good time to come? But you still made it. And so really appreciate that. And uh, thanks for Tedo and Lola um, Day for holding up for OK, so as I said, this is actually the third talk. So, and the way we kind of designed this is you know, each talk matters to the next talk. So I would say this, if, you've not, if you weren't part of the first two, you know, don't worry, you'll still be able to get some stuff today. I think it would be richer if you get the other two and bring them to um, uh, build on that for today. The reason being, the first two talks yesterday focused on you. Today is really focused on the other person. So we spoke about singleness being, not being a curse, at least from the Bible standpoint. In our society it is. And it's not a taboo. In fact, you should be fulfilled. You should not be looking for someone to complete you. If you're a Christian, the Bible says that we are complete in Christ. And in fact, if you are not fulfilled as a single person, you probably will become a disaster for someone that you are going to marry. And the second talk was about preparing as a single. And a lot of what we talked about was how many people have done it wrongly. Many times when we want to prepare as singles, we are preparing for the day that we get married. Whereas if you really want to prepare as a single, stop looking at, the, stop looking at trying to get married. Prepare as being a very good Christian, a very good human being. If you do that, you will be a much better person you know, a uh, uh, much better person set up for marriage, okay? So I, I don't want to sit, you know talk about everything I spoke about yesterday, but that's kind of the gist of what we're saying. Now, I want to start off, this again, yes, it's a single event, but it's a church, so we are coming from a biblical standpoint. I want to share on that. So I want to read um, four verses from the book of Deuteronomy, verse seven, uh, chapter 7, verse 1 to 4. And this is Moses, he's, you know, the book of Deuteronomy is really Moses' last hurrah. He's, he's led them to the cusp of the promised land. After 40 years, he's not going to go into the promised land with them. So, and a lot of the people who came out of Egypt have died. Virtually almost all of them except two. So he's really basically giving them the law, again, in a fresh way, um, to the children of the people that are going into the promised land. So here's one of the things he says to them. Deuteronomy 7, 1 to 4. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, you are entering to possess and drives out before you many nations, the Hittites, Gagashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, seven nations larger and stronger than you. And when the Lord your God has delivered them to you and you have defeated them, <coughs> then you must destroy them totally. Make no treaty with them and show them no mercy. And these are the crucial verses. Do not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to their sons, or take their daughters for your sons, for they will turn your children away from following me to serve other gods, and the Lord's anger will burn against you and will quickly destroy you. Last year, um, someone I've known for a while, she, when I was leading youth ministry in the church um, a long time ago, she uh, you know, we, not, we hadn't seen in a long time, so she came around to the house. At this point now, she's now in her early 30s. So, you know, we talk about work, we talk about many different things. And obviously, as a pastor, a little bit older, you know, you have to get there. Even if they don't want to, you just have to get there. Like, okay, is there any is there anyone on the horizon? What's what's going on? So we start talking about her her, her life in terms of relationships. And at one point she said to me, she said that. She, had, she, she spoke about the last five relationships, and she said she had broken up with four out of five of them for the same reason. And the reason was they all wanted to have sex before they got married to her. To which I said, so let's say her name was Shola. Shola, it's your fault. Why, two, why would you two be dating non-Christians? Why would you be looking for people who, dating people who are not Christians? And then she replied. She said, Femi, me. I met all of them in the church. Like, wow, okay. You see, assuming, like from the first talk, you are growing a secure identity in Christ, one that fulfills you. And then from the second talk, assuming you are consciously and unconsciously preparing yourself um, uh, for marriage, you may still find yourself where my friend Shola found herself, which is, just how do I choose the right partner? I mean, I'm 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 not perfect. But I know that I'm not completed by anyone. And I'm not really, the society's pressure is not really pushing me to get married. I'm not that desperate, but I would like to get married. And as much as possible, I'm serving in church, I'm building community, I'm growing in character. But how do I know who is the right person? In some of the troubled marriages that I have seen, at some point, and some of them are really bad, at some point, I ask the question. I never really ask it out to the person that's coming to meet me that it's really bad. But in my mind, I'm like, just how in the world did she get married to such a scumbag? I remember there was uh, uh, someone that recently, no, not recently, two years ago, and he basically, and he goes to church, obviously, he basically settled that he has um, a mistress. He does not sleep with his wife. He sleeps with the mistress. But he demands that the wife comes back home on time to prepare his meals. And you're like, how? What, what, you know, is he mentally stable? But then the next thing is, how did you not know that this guy was this way? It's possible for a marriage not to crash. Your marriage may not crash if you are fulfilled and you are well prepared. But it's near impossible for you to have a flourishing marriage if both spouses aren't well prepared. So you need a well prepared person to discern another well prepared person. If both of them come together, you can have a flourishing marriage. In the passage I just read, the Israelites were told specifically not to intermarry. The issue why they were told not to intermarry was not because God was telling them that they were a superior ethnic race above all the others. In fact, if you read. Two chapters after, God said, no, you're you are a stiff-necked people. Don't think I chose you out of all the people of the world because you are so great. You are, you are not very good, actually. Now, the reason was not the superiority of their race, but the superiority of their God above other gods. And that's why he says, look, if you intermarry with these other nations, their ma- women and their sons, if you intermarry with them, what would they do? they will turn your children away from following me to serve other gods. In other words, the people of God are defined by the God they serve. Now, in this day and age also, because the people of God are no longer the Israelites, but now the church of the living God, then Christians are called not to intermarry. Again, not because Christians are better people than other people, but Christians will say they serve one God, And they're identified by by that God. So I want to take this from a Christian perspective. Who is the person I'm searching for? I'll give you one sentence to define the the best person to look out for, you know, as a single person. And then we'll try and unpack that uh, for the rest of the talk. So here's a description of what or who you're looking for. Take it down. The kind of person you're looking for is a maturing Christian who loves you more than themselves but fears and loves God more than they do you a maturing christian who loves you more than themselves but fears and loves God more than they do you if you find that person very good all right so let's let's try and unpack that so some of us here have been in relationships And we've tried, some of us are really doing the diligent searching. We are trying to search for the right person. The Mr. Wright or the Mrs. whatever, Mrs. Wright. And maybe you've used some of these methods. Let's try, I'll I'll give you four of four methods. You've either used one of them or you've used a combination of them. The first one, I call that the surface test method. Surface test method, what is that? Now, it basically goes like this, Two, two things. I don't suffer. Like I have suffered in my life. Growing up, it was very difficult for me. And now that I'm a single person, also, I started suffering in the beginning. And now I'm still suffering. And the suffering is getting worse. So now you are telling me that I have to go and marry somebody else that is suffering as well. God forbid. So what do I look for? I look for someone, has he got money or has she got money? I am going. Or have they got fame? Are they verified on Twitter or Instagram? I'm going with them. Or maybe they have got power. Maybe, I was about to say student union, but those guys don't have, don't, no, not right. What, what, local government, well, it depends on the local government as well. But, you know, someone, a, a governor's daughter, right? I know many of, some of the guys here, your only ambition in life is to, how many daughters does Dangote have? Right? If you, if you can nab one of Dangote's daughters, that's it. You are made for life. And so you say, look, it's a surface test method. Some other people would say, I have never suffered in my life. Do you think it's when I go into marriage that I'm going to suffer? No. So we are looking, maybe one family, you know, Adoniga's family and Dangote's family, I'm going to look. You know, that kind of search. It's a surface test method. It is like, duh, why wouldn't I follow someone like that? Money, power, fame. Now some of you know, that these things, maybe if you're a Christian, you've you've grown up as a Christian, you know that even though you are tempted towards it, you know, well, this is not the right thing to follow. Besides, if you even think about it deeply, some of you will say, look, I have seen people that have gone down that road, and the one thing was, yes, the money was good, the house was good, but eventually, because those are the only things that are considered, we found out that those people were not compatible. They just shared nothing in common. So, you try another method. The second method is the compatibility method. You know, she just makes me laugh all the time. You know, we we have the same sense of humor. Can you imagine she, a woman that loves the Premier League? As in, I don't have to go out and, I'm not talking Greek. Or he or she, she's just, you know, by the time I say five, she's already saying six. You know, by the time I say Jack, she's saying Robin. you know, this kind of work. like you two—how did you know? Oh, we're just so compatible. We just get each other. It's like we have our own language. We have our own language. We just we 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 connect. It's like like Dodo and Beans. It's compatible. Now, some of you know that far too many people have started down this road, and I mentioned a little bit about this yesterday's talk, and what eventually happened was they got married and the other person changed drastically. In fact, one of the things that happened is that the lady got pregnant, and if you are married, you will know that when your wife gets pregnant, it's like, who are you? I mean, that just changes everything. So the other person changed drastically. Now, some of you, again, if you are thinking as a Christian, you'll say, look, yes, I found that compatible person. The only problem is that the person is not a Christian. See, the problem with this, is you found, is that this compatibility method, there is nothing distinctly Christian about it. So, you try another method. Now, this method, since you want to go down the Christian route, this method is what we call the spiritual method. Right? It is the. I followed my heart. I just followed. My heart is moving towards. I feel the Spirit is telling me that this is the. How do you know that? It's just an inner witness. (laughs) Or somebody from nowhere came in one day preaching in your church. The person was preaching and just said, Is there an Allah here? Allah? Allah? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, is there a Shola here? And Shola is like, yeah. And then Shola looks at Olah. she's like, no, 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 no. is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He got a, you got a Rema. That's, that's the word. And Emoji spoke a Rema. Or someone saw a vision around you. There was a, there was a lady, um, when counseling, but my wife and I knew, new hand, we were asking, she was about to get married, so, we, no, my wife knew the guy she was going to get married to. She had known him, you know, for a while. She'd known him, they were in the same church. And she was wondering, you know. And I had met the girl, a very bright girl. She, 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 was, an, she was a budding architect, so I was advising her on certain things. So we decided to just talk to her, why? why this guy? But we said, you know, track back. So she tells us about when she was in school. There was this guy that she knew, they were dating. Very good guy. What, what was wrong with the guy? So nothing was wrong with the guy. So what, what do you mean? Said so, ah, they understood each other very well. He was a good enough Christian guy. You know, he was good at his grades. He was very serious. She really, really liked him. Okay, so how did you guys break up? Oh, what happened was that she had this group of friends. They often used to pray together. And that one day, one of them came to meet her and said, She was praying about her. And she was praying about something came up about this relationship with this guy, and that she was just wondering that she should check. And from that, I think her mom was attending some kind of um, not a revival meeting, but some kind of um, you know this Orioke meeting. Uh, go to the mountaintop, mountaintop uh, whatever. And someone saw a vision about her daughter, and that there's a relationship the daughter is in that is. A little bit in trouble. So eventually, she said she set something like a fleece before God, and she kind of put some things together. Turns out, eventually, as she followed those things, it turns out that this guy that she was dating was wrong. So she broke up with this guy. This other guy that she's about to marry, they went for a youth um, um, fellowship once. And she said she doesn't even like talking to the guy. And she never talked to him because he was a bit of a weirdo. And one day the guy came to meet her and said, he doesn't want to mince words, but God has told him that she's his wife. To which he looked at him like, you must be crazy. And he said, God also said that she should go and think about it and pray about it. And you know, she first said she went to dismiss it, but you know, God works in mysterious ways. So she didn't want to dismiss it. So she went and went to meet her friends again. And they started to pray, and in the midst of some kind of whatever, day, some prophecies now came about, and they don't. She the guy was telling her many different things, you know about, you know you need to be wearing this kind. She she wasn't the kind of person to make up and all of that. The guy had already started telling her, I mean, "If you're in my wife in my house, you have to do, you have to wear whatever, you have to dress like this, you have to." But she remained in it. Why? Because she had heard. She had heard God. It's the spiritual method. Some of you have seen your partner's name in the Bible, right? You saw Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. Some of you even saw your, the other one, you saw Jezebel. Look, let, just piece of advice. If you ever meet somebody called Jezebel, forget that the name is in the Bible. Just run away because there's something wrong with the parents that named that Jezebel. <laughs> But you know, I, I describe that some of us are here and think, you know, that is, I'm I'm not a spiritual person. I'm just a I'm a regular guy. I I don't know how to find all those vision things. I've never seen a vision in my life. You, if you've never seen a true vision in your life, hands up. If you've never, you see, you see. I, 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 don't, I don't know so much about those things. I, I've never, if you've ever, never given a prophecy in your life, hands up. All right. Ah, man, a lot of you have given prophecy. Wait a minute. <laughs> if you've never given a prophecy in your life, hands up. There are a lot of spiritual people here. <laughs> okay. But, you know, for those of you that are ordinary and you don't know how to do these things, it's, 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 it's not, I'm not totally against it, but it's just not for me. Well, there's one more method that you've tried. It's the abstract method. What do I call the abstract method? Everybody has done it. Everyone does it. So, I meet a young guy or I meet a young girl. You know, they're not yet dating. And I now ask, I say... What are you looking for in a relationship? The person that you are looking for, what are the qualities, the characteristics, if you have a list, what's the, what are the things that you are looking for in that person? Without fail, 95% of the good Christian people will say the, this is the first on the list. She has to be, or he has to be what? God-fearing. I wonder you I said that, God-fearing, you know, you know yourself, yes, God-fearing. Now, there's nothing too much wrong with that until I ask the next question, which is, what does that mean? How do you know the person that is God fearing? Uh, well, and also someone recently I did this show like M. Um, I mean, she started with M, um, like K. Okay, uh, well, at least I know that. Um, because She was dating a guy she's about to break up with, and I asked her how did she get to because she said we're And How did he get it? She said, Well, he speaks in tongues a lot. Like, he I don't know if you, any of you went to Ife, you went maybe you went to a, a fellowship like Castle, right? If you are if you if you are late for choir practice, you are you had to go and speak for, in tongues for two hours, right? Am I wrong? Where's Tommy? Am I wrong? Okay, hey, Victoria, yeah, yeah. two hours, or even three self. Depending, you know, if you're really, if you are really, really late. So this person, obviously, if someone is speaking in tongues for two hours, you won't say that person is very spiritual. Or some of you say, this guy, for every point he has to make in his life, he has a Bible verse. You know, like, I've never met people like that. They are walking, talking Bibles. They have a verse for everything. All prayer warriors, you know, when they lead prayers. You know, in school, there were some people, if you call them to lead prayer, you'd be like, ah, Lord God. You know, it's like, if you are awake, you will sleep. But if you are asleep, you probably will die. Just because, you know, they they couldn't. But there were some people, once they started like this, you know when you talk about fire? Fire, they like used to throw the whole place. You're like, whichever demon came into this place today is in trouble. You say. He's a God-fearer. The only problem is that his character stinks. you are confused because many people have been deceived by these God-fearers. And so those are the four. Now, if you tried all of these four, you now eventually get, I don't don't want to talk about this one, but there's a fifth one. It's basically called I-don't-care method. You know, I'm just going with the flow. At the end of the day, this thing isn't working. Now, if none of these have worked for you, don't worry. They've hardly worked for anybody as well. It's because they are inadequate. So you need something that can work. And hopefully, let me help help with the little experience I have. Now, recall that your search is for who? A maturing Christian who loves you more than themselves, but fears and loves God more than they do you. In other words, if you want to identify the person, you should at least identify two things. Identify the God-fearers and lovers, and then identify those who love you above themselves. You see, because the surface test method is too worldly. The compatibility method is too naive. The spiritual method is too manipulative. And the abstract method is too confusing. But if I have sympathy for any of those methods, it will be the abstract method. I would say the way we can use the abstract method is to give it a little bit of, let me put it this way, concrete. So everyone say, make the abstract concrete. I, I didn't hear you well enough. The abstract. I always tell most people that. When, when, they say, when I say, what is God fearing? They say, well, they, they, I say, the God fearing language is very abstract. What you need is to be able to make the abstract concrete. I need specific tools to be able to find out who is God fearing. So in trying to make the abstract concrete, let's start with identifying the God-fearers and lovers, right? Part of the problem is how we identify what is spiritual. Now, don't forget we're Africans. Right? In case you've forgotten, right? I'm saying, but no, don't worry. The color of your is there's no there's no, even, uh, there's no doubt about it. We're black, we're Africans, and to be African is to be spiritual in some sense. Right? Even if you read too much book and everything, after a while, when a problem starts to hit, you know, you'll be like, okay, we tried this, we tried that. <sighs> maybe there's a demon behind this, you know. You know, you find a friend of yours that lies a little bit, you say, okay, maybe the bad character. After you say, I think she has a spirit of lying. We are very spiritual. Now, when we say we are very spiritual, I actually don't like using that word to describe what this is. I think a better word to say we are very metaphysical. Right, because when we say we are very spiritual, when we see the word spiritual in the Bible, we take it to mean the same thing that we as Africans mean as spiritual, and it's not what the Bible means. To be aware that there is another world outside of this world, this physical world that we see, that's to be metaphysical. But to be spiritual, according to the Bible, is to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Now, but the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that anything you are moving, you know. Uh, 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 until you do that, then the Holy Spirit is moving in you. No. That is the stuff we get from the metaphysical African traditional spirituality, and then we want to bring it into Christianity. So you have to identify. Look, for instance, in Galatians chapter 6. Paul wants to identify someone that is spiritual. So he says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit, and that translation is you who are spiritual, should restore that person gently. Ah, most people that I know are spiritual, they're not gentle. You know, because if you are very spiritual, you cast out demons, you speak in tongues, you do all of those things. You are always very aggressive. But he said, the spiritual person is one that is able to restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something, when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each should test their own actions. That is to be spiritual. And don't forget, Galatians chapter 6 comes before Galatians chapter Galatians chapter. Ah, you guys are, it's not, it's, not, it's not a trick question. It's not a deep question. What comes before 6? 5. So Galatians chapter 6 comes after? Oh, I see the mistake. Uh, okay, uh, well, idea is neat. All right, <laughs> Galatians chapter 6 comes after Galatians chapter And what do you have in Galatians chapter 5? The whole passage of the fruit of the Spirit. And also about how you walk in the Spirit or keep a long step with the Spirit. And so you are seeing a manifestation of someone who is spiritual. So we have to understand what true spirituality is. So in trying to then put concrete into the abstract, I want to now identify a God-fearer and a true God-lover. Let us think of two categories that I use. And I'm going to give you some tools. I look for explicit spiritual activity and then discerning spiritual maturity. I look for explicit spiritual um, uh, activity and discerning spiritual maturity. Let's take the first one. How do we know someone, explicit spiritual activity? I'm sorry, before looking at the slide. explicit spiritual activity. Now, I'm dealing with, have you ever, ladies or guys, have you ever met someone, you went to date, and the person is a Christian and said, but see, you know, it's not, it's not about quoting from Genesis to Revelation. No. It's not about that. It's about being a good person. I've met Tumble like I right. say, you know, all these people, they just just, I'm, I'm not into, I don't, I don't like to show off. My own is that I, I live out my life, just, I live out my spirituality, in my, I allow my life to do the talking. I'm a good human being. But there's something that can be slightly good about that, and yet there can be something off putting. Because if you're a Christian, of course, the character has to show, but there are some explicit things that should make you Christian. So we are looking for explicit, I'm only talking to these people. Explicit spiritual activity. So, for instance, what are some of the things you want to look out for? I'm just going to give you five, but there are others. Do they rationalize sexual activity before marriage at all? At all? Well, there can be a way that sometimes, you know, and don't forget that God shows, God's mercy. Mercy triumphs over, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? But before that, they like, ah. Look, where sin, he didn't quote that one. He quoted, where sin abounds, so that there is sin and there is grace. There is big sin, but there is abundant, what, grace. And the only way you can test abundant grace is to do what? Is to do the big sin, to see the effectiveness of it. Can you see the rationalization? I hope you, if you know anybody like this that's talking, just run. Run from the person. So do they rationalize it at all? Okay. Do they ever bring up praying together? Or that is one of those things that, you know, all those fake spiritual people do. Okay, maybe. But are you telling me you don't pray at all? Now, notice, when I say, do they ever bring up praying together, I'm not saying whether you guys pray together at all. Because what would eventually happen is, you would always be the one to bring up the praying. So watch out. Do they ever ever bring up praying at all. Third, when spiritual conversation start to happen, after it's gone on for five minutes, check, who is the person that usually changes it to talking about sports, to talking about whiskey, to talking about money? Again, I don't expect that your conversations will only be about spiritual things, but I'm saying, if it never, if this person is never really comfortable, yeah, when they do, yeah, yeah, that's true. Wow, may God deliver us. Meanwhile, did you see that? Um, those are signs for you. Again, I'm not saying they may not do it. I'm saying, do are they the ones that do it all the time? Fourth, do they ever like any biblical theological conversation? The moment you want to even get a little bit deep about, you know, but how does being, keeping laws and commands, how does that balance with the grace of God and the fact that we are not justified by works? And and say, you know what, too much knowledge, that's what spoils people. I think the most important thing for us is to just be good people. And be like, that kind of religion drives people to hell, you know that. So is it they don't like it when you are gathered with friends that that kind of thing is happening? You know what they are doing? You know, that's when they become very very something is very important. Start doing. This. You know, have you, you, you never go into places that you see people doing like this. You used to go behind them. it's Facebook, it's Facebook or Instagram. They zone out. Theological, biblical conversation, they don't want to have, you know, there's one thing, even if you say, I am not the best, I'm not as well gifted, I'm not as well versed in this thing, but at least I want to learn. I'm not that deep in these things, but I know that it's good to know them, and so, you see, you have to distinguish between somebody who is, um, okay, um, what's your name? Please come. And, can you please come? What's your name? Armstrong. All right. You have very strong arms. Um, and what's yours? Collar. Now, let's say Collar and Armstrong are standing here. They are standing there. This place is the worst place for biblical. Um, let's say biblical interest and biblical knowledge. This is zero. All right. And here is the best place for biblical knowledge and biblical. Um, uh, uh, interest, uh, interest. Elijah Zone. <laughs> He's already married, so we don't have to. Do. So this is ten. Now, Armstrong is standing at six. Kola is standing at four. Who is in a better position? Armstrong. Armstrong. Now, this is if you are judging statically. All right. Now, look this way. Look at each other. At this point, they're looking at each other. Where is Armstrong looking? He's looking to zero. Where is he looking? Where are they? He's at four and six. What you did not know was that back in, they're both working now. Back in school, Armstrong was at nine. Prayer secretary, year two. <laughs> uh, biblical uh, Bible uh, secretary, year three. Presido, year four. Kola, come come come. Come come. Year one, kegait. <laughs> Year two, buka. Year three, buka were not good enough. Ake. That was where he was. So now, two and a half years later, he's moved from zero to four. And two and a half years later. He has moved from nine to six. Ladies, if you are looking for, run away from him. <laughs> He's going in a bad direction. Do you understand what I mean? So, by saying that, they, he, missed, he will still be able to carry out a very good conversation. There are Christian ministers today, minister on campus, telling us that the Bible is not reliable, that the Bible is not that not everything in the Bible is correct. They are going in a very bad direction. So you have to discern, is this person, this one may not be, he may not know as much, but anytime somebody is having a conversation, he may not contribute, but he's trying to learn. He's aware of his ignorance. Some people, they take their ignorance as a badge of honor and pride. Do you understand? I'm not like those kinds of people. Thank you, guys. And then finally, this one is big. People's social media pages can tell you a lot about them. I know many people Christians, people have been in church with, all of that. They are not, again, don't get me wrong, I'm not, don't use it as a preaching platform, don't use it, but your social media platform, in some ways, is an expression of yourself. You have never, ever put any Bible quote there. Nothing. You are not inspired by anything. You put all these funny cat videos. Then you put what Buari is doing. Then you put, uh, you, know, you put all manner of things. You never, ever quote anything biblical, anything you know inspirational from the Bible. Nothing at all. And yet, the person will tell telling you I'm a Christian. No. Out of the abundance of the heart. So you need to look for some. Again, I'm not talking about over-religious, but some kind of explicit Christian activity. Guys, this is so important because when you get married, right, you will need these things in intensity. Alright, so if that is for those kinds of people, then we have to discern spiritual maturity because even if you have those activities, it does not necessarily mean you are spiritually mature. So, here are five things for that one. If the person is God-fearing. Now, Whenever they tell you their stories, you know, there's, there's been a problem at work, or there's been a problem with conflict with the family. Are they ever the villains in the story? You know what I mean by the villains? That is, they come back and they say, the way I talked to that person was wrong. Or I really feel bad in the way I behaved there. Yeah, the person did a couple of these things, but I think I was much more at fault. Or I should have known better. Is this person always, you, this person that is, you that is dating this person, are you always? do you find yourself always on the person's side because you are only listening to that person's side? And so you start thinking how horrible the people at work are. Working. Is this person ever, ever the villain in the conflict stories they tell you? If they are never, then this person is not self-aware. Guess what's going to happen? When both of you are in conflict and they're telling other people, who is going to be the villain? You. When they've acted badly to you or someone else, do they own their errors and apologize, specifying what they are sorry for? Notice I put a lot in there. Or they avoid it. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What's wrong with you now? Sorry about what? what? Humility from the biblical perspective or repentance from the biblical perspective assumes that you know what it is that the offense you have committed and you are comfortable enough to own it because you cannot confess to God and ask for forgiveness if you do not own your sin. But what some people try to do is they hate the result of their sin, so they apologize because they broke the 11th commandment. You know the 11th commandment? Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But the 11th commandment is don't get caught. So they have gotten caught. They hate the result of their getting caught. They don't hate... The issue of the sin that they actually committed. Do you understand me? If you want to know someone humble, the person will say, I am sorry, and the person will tell you why they are sorry. Because that tells you that the person has mourned over their sin. If that person has never done this to you, believe me, they would always demand that you apologize to them, but their own apologies will always be on surface. Eventually, will be like, eh, is it that somebody cannot play with you again? They will start to belittle the offense that they've committed against you. Third, are they accountable in church? Or are they noted loners? The guy that comes, church is 930, he doesn't care about worship, he doesn't whatever, so he comes in at 1010. 10. And then, before, after the message is over, he leaves at 1050 and he's gone. I, you don't want to mingle with I don't, I don't I don't I don't do all of those things I don't I don't I don't want people I don't want people up in my business. Now don't get me wrong. It's not that you should, you you can't be friends with everybody, right? But if you're friends with no one, and when I mean friends, I don't mean people that always tell you what is right. I mean people that actually can tell you what is wrong, and you listen to them. The problem is this. If you and that person are now in a relationship or you are now married, particularly, if that person has done wrong and his person is not listening to you, is there anybody you can talk to the person, that that you can talk to that will talk to the person? Do you understand me? Accountability is another sign of true maturity because the person assumes that I can be wrong and is willing to submit to people that will tell them they're wrong. Four, when provoked by any kind of subordinate, how long did their anger take to subside? You know how it is now. If you offend someone that's older than you, offend your boss. Right? Your boss says, are yeah, sorry. He says, thank you very much. But if it's one guy like this, can you imagine? How did, how did you talk to me? Who are you? Blah, blah. You know, that kind of, when we get power, get power. We're, we're so power hungry. So when we get power over someone, we like to show that we have real power. And yet the Bible says that the anger of a man cannot work the righteousness of God. If I let me add a bit of an extra there, if your boyfriend or your girlfriend has a car and they're driving, watch how they behave with road rage. Road Ridge, You know what road rage is, Huh? I remember one uncle of mine uh, with the wife. We are going. We are going we're driving, and so this guy drove rough for the guy, rough for the for my uncle. And you know my uncle now. You know, kind of got in front of him, like, why, why, why did you do that? And the guy now did this to my uncle. My aunt was there. My uncle just said, Shokono, a boy. You know what that means now for you people that don't you. But first of all, Shokono is not a, he's not a Christian god. And here's the point. right? is <laughs> not. I'm sure you didn't mistake that. Right? He's a, And eh? He said Eh, I know, but he's a fake god, right? Now, here's the backstory. He had just become an ordained pastor. Where did that come from? To which the wife just said, let's say his name was Debo. Ah, Debo, pastor! <laughs> I can't forget it. This is like 91, Oh, Where did that come from? There was something deep inside his heart. Yes, he was provoked, but man... You are provoked, and now you are bringing incantations, a curse. Where did that come from? Can, be, can bitter and sweet water come out from the same fountain? I'm saying, don't just say, oh, well, this person is nice and whatever. Look for the places where the person is easily provoked and see how they react. Why? Because in marriage, <laughs> you have enough time. There's enough time because there's no space. You live in the same house. You live in the same room. There's enough space to provoke the person. Watch how the person behaves on the road, Most likely, that's a window into how the person will when they're angry with you. That's a window into whether the person is truly spiritually mature. And then five, how do they treat people that are below in the society? Waiters, cleaners, all of those. Do they ever notice them? Do they ever, you know, do they treat them like, hey, hey, you come, come here. Just do this thing. And yet they can speak in tongues for two hours. There is a disconnect there. Have they read the book of James at all? So don't just only be fooled by the explicit spiritual activity. Go deeper. Go to see whether you are seeing true spiritual maturity. Please don't just go and say, I'm God-fearing. Yes, break down God-fearing. Make the abstract what? Concrete. Look out for things. Amen? All right, let's rush now because I I should have ended now. And you need to know whether the person loves you. Who wants to know whether the person loves them? Right? You want to know that. Well, even if you don't want to, now I have to finish it. I, 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 I worked a lot on this. Yeah. All right. So, now remember that marriage works when you love the other person above yourself. If Faith and Armstrong, if they want to have a flourishing marriage, Faith has to love Armstrong more than Armstrong loves her. And Armstrong has to love her above he loves himself. Now, did I say that right? Faith has to love Armstrong more than she loves herself, and Armstrong has to love her above his lo- uh, him. You get the idea. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, you should be learning this in the preparation stage. Again, taking it back to the second talk yesterday, when I talked about how you should be preparing, because most people, as I said yesterday, most people are looking for uh, Mr. Right, but are you Mrs. Wrong? Most people are looking for the trophy, hus- uh, trophy wife, but are you the consolation husband? Right? Don't just assume because you are searching that you are the right person. So you should have been preparing. And the way you prepare is in community. How do you love other people? How do you sacrifice for other people? So there you are preparing. But at the same time, if you are ready to dish out this kind of sacrificial love to someone, I don't think it is wrong for you to expect the person, for somebody to give that back to you. So you have to start to discern, how do I know when somebody loves me above themselves? And please don't tell me about buying gifts. Don't tell me about buying gifts. You know why? Have you never seen the guy who bought a car for his boo, his bae? And within two seconds of it, the thing was up on Instagram. Let me tell you something. Most people that do that, it's not because they love their wives. It's because they love themselves. They love the picture of themselves buying this expensive gift for their wife. Do you understand that? They love their reputation more than the person that they're giving into. The person has become an object to display that reputation. Anytime I see somebody talking, so waxing eloquently about how good this person is, so this is why I got this person this, and I got this person that. And i like, you can't even take yourself out of the picture. Can you not celebrate the person for who they are? Now, I'm not saying that doesn't mean you shouldn't buy gifts. Some guys are here and they're like, oh, <laughs> my friend, you must spend your money. Spend the money, right? The lady is saying, spend the money and then go and repent. right?" That's nice, right? Buy me the the, the necklace, then go and make it up with God about how, you know, you you are are too selfish. So it's not just about that. So let me give us a number of things to observe. One, the most, I always said this, the most romantic thing that my wife ever said to me when we were dating was, we were talking about something. I can't remember. And she was like, yeah, yeah. Um, when I was praying for you yesterday, when I was praying for you yesterday night. I was I was praying about that. And I said, stop, you you are praying for me. So yeah, I pray, I pray every night for you. I was like, ah. <laughs> this is my baby. <laughs> like, we well, can, can we can we sign the paper now? Do you know what that means? Yes, the person can give you gifts. Eventually, those gifts, you know, you remember it here and there. But the person is saying, I take this person to I take you to God. I can give you a particular gift, but God can give you gifts gift that I cannot give you. In other words, when the person takes their most intimate prayer time with their creator, with their savior, and you are there, how special do you think you are? Now, I'm not saying that the person has to come and tell telling you, every time I pray for you, I pray for you. That's another problem. But can you discern at all whether the person, if you have been in a relationship with someone, you should be able to know whether the person actually prays for you. That's one. Two. Do they seem more interested in hearing about your dreams and achievements over theirs? For example, do they repeat their dreams and achievements over and over again in the space of a few days? Hmm. I've met many people where, you know, this kind of thing. You've tried enough. You couldn't get a So someone brought you guys together, a, middle, a common friend. And so they now go out, and for some reason, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, always t- I'm, I'm a man, so I have to criticize guys more. The guys then start talking, talking about, yeah, when, you know, yeah, I, I finished with 2-1, and blah, blah, and I'm working about, even though, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that in three years I'll start my own business, and then okay, yeah, 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 and she wants to talk about something. And then, as you say this, then you now bring up your own achievement over and over and over again. Some of you are even in relationships where he told you about the thing that he did this Sunday. He told you verbally on the phone. By the time you were chatting on Wednesday, he told you again, right? When you guys now saw on Saturday, he told you again. And when he told you, he had no recollection that he had told you, in the space of one week, he had told you three times. But he didn't even know he told you two times before. You know why? Because he daydreams about himself. And he needs an outlet to bring it out. Uh, he needs an outlet in which to bring it out. And you are always—you happen to be there. That person is more interested in himself than you. Someone that really tr- that really cares about you more than themselves is always more willing. They, they always try to bring out. You know, they're asking you questions. The person asks more questions than he gives answers. That's how you know someone that is more interested than you, in, in you than they are. Another one. Do they seem emotionally broken about hurting you? They did something really, really bad to you. And the way the person apologized, you know, you know, you know, you know part apologies. You know apologies that you'd rather the person did not apologize. You know that, you know that one? Yeah, sorry now. Sorry, sorry. It was, is it that you can't, I don't even have a tough, tough skin. But you know some people like, how could I do that to you? I'm really sorry. The person, it eats the person up. That you don't deserve this after everything that you've done for me. It's not just the fact that you are hurt. It was the fact that it was you that was hurt and the person hurt you. It breaks them. Can you find someone like that? Fourth one. Do they remember the things you say in conversation later? For example, do they remember facts about your close friends and family, or do they follow up with unresolved family and friend issues that you've discussed? You've been dating this person for three months. He still cannot remember whether you have five siblings or six siblings. Something basic as that. But that's not what I'm talking about. My elder sister, she lives in um, this place, and she's dating a particular person, blah, blah. When you guys were getting to know each other, you mentioned fun facts like that. And then the person comes one month later, okay, that your sister's pro, um, exam that she was, has she, done, has she seen the results? you like, ah, you remember that? You see what I mean? The person, when you guys were talking, the person was actually listening. So the person follows up with the things that are important to you. It wasn't just, you, we're gisting. You brought your own, I brought my own. You brought my own. And many people, that's how it is. That is, they just talk. They're not listening to each other, but someone that truly is interested in you above themselves, they remember the things that matter to you and they follow up. That's why some people in their difficulty in their relationship, they'll be saying, I, I told you about this thing two weeks ago. And you didn't even ask again. And then the other person will be like, Hey, eh, if you want, there was, I-, I thought if there was going to be any development, you will come and tell me. Yeah, it's true. You, you, you're, not, you're not expected to remember everything. But at the same time, you can't remember something. Finally, oh, is that a sixth one? <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. I did quick to switch talking about their own issues. Do they often say me too? That is, you are going through a problem. Have you done so? You are going through a problem. You say, ah, man, this person at work was really bad to me. It's like, ah, me too. If I tell you about my own days, they are always stealing your thunder. It's like, I, I can't be can't you be miserable with me? No, you always have something that is about. You know? This one happens in marriage is a lot. Like ah. Man, I've had a bad headache today. Hey, if you are in my stomach, hey. <laughs> it's like she got in there first. Allow her. Do you get now? It may seem funny, but what is the pro- what is the point? The point there is that this person, you are you you are saying something that you want some sympathy from the p- person that supposedly loves you. But immediately, the person can't even wait for a while to actually give you that thing back. The person wants to get the same thing back from you. Why? Because the person is at the center of their lives. They like you. They just like themselves more. And finally, do they specialize in telling you about their, your flaws and seem oblivious to theirs? And this one it can be really, really destructive. They focus so much about how bad you are. This kind of I me, mean, I would never have, uh, you know, you, you say something like, ah, but it was me, I would never have said that now. I would never have done this. And they never, ever admit to the fact that they have problems. They specialize in telling you how bad you are. Again, you need somebody that can hold you accountable. But if somebody is spending more time telling you how bad they are, they don't say anything about their own selves, and then they expect you to be telling, you, uh, when you bring up some of their own issues, they flare up. Please, from such people, do what? So, a person that is maturing as a Christian and someone that loves you above themselves. If you can find, in other words, if you want to find these things, please. That's why I said put make the abstract what? Concrete. Look out for things. Don't be just a final piece of advice. Use other people's eyes. Now, I've given you some of these tools, but sometimes you know, the Bible says love does what? Covers a A multitude of what? It wasn't talking about this kind of thing. If love is covering a multitude of sins, that, that is, it blinds you in this situation, that's not how to apply that Bible verse. But I mean that in the sense that sometimes we like someone so much, the person is doing bad things to us, and yet we always have seen so many people that are in very terrible relationships. You try to show them, but they love the person so much, they start to explain it away. Those are people that eventually start getting physically abused in their marriages. So what you need is, don't, your relationship is personal, but it should never be isolated. From the very get-go, invite, or if this person is probably someone you are thinking about, invite your godly, mature friends. Invite a godly, mature, older person to help you look, because you have skills on your eyes. Let them look. These people know you. They will know whether this person really understands you. Or these people can discern whether... Sometimes they are better with these tools than you are. Use other people's eyes. Amen? All right, so I'm going to end here. When we come back, we will now talk up to those who are currently in relationships. That is, if you are now in a dating relationship, how should that be done? Is this a good one? On, or what are the ways that we can have a good Christian dating relationship and all of those things? All right. So I think we can have a break now. The interlude. Uh. Okay, thank you, Femi. We're going to have um, a short music interlude, and this is like a break. Um, so um, like Lola told us, the restrooms are down the corridor. The, the last restroom is for the ladies, and then the one before that is for the men. So I have like a 10 minutes break, and then we'll com- jump into the second, the, the fourth talk. Ten minutes. Thank you.